Where there is unity, there is always victory. Publius Cyrus. We are entering the twilight of resistance. There will come a time when any dissent will be incapable of being effective as new technologies are implemented. We live in a mass surveilled world and the walls are slowly closing in. The technology is in place where mass control can be easily achieved from the comfort of a well-stocked computer room, even absent the monitor of human eyes. From a simple triangulation technique, mobile phone locations can be assessed with a fine degree of precision, even where the phone is turned on or not. The very effect of the mobile phone on humanity is plain to see, with a casual retreat from one's own phone to recognise the anxiety felt by those who have either forgotten their phone at home or possess one immediately. As the battery is soon to lose its charge, anxiety ensues. Family meals, family holidays, first dates, funerals and weddings are all now mediated through the use of addictive appliances of a mobile phone. The separation anxiety is palpable when a device that is not in reach so that all other, even more important concerns are dismissed until the offending device is relocated and the panic assuaged. And this is just one technique of monitoring and surveillance. We are at a crossroads where the dust settles quickly to expose a new dilemma. Like a most egregious interest rate, one act of treachery compounds another, such that it is hard now to concentrate on one alone for a brief period of time. We have already seen the dilution of our people with mass immigration. We have seen the despicable body count of abortion, the proliferation of paedophilia apologetics amongst the seams of children's books. We have seen the desecration of our churches. We have seen the proliferation of books that are unfit for adults, let alone children, living on the shelves in civil libraries across the nation. Radical sexualization of children receives only one rebuke, a rebuke that is directed only towards those who fight it. There are calls for a plantation of now more than half a million Chinese into our lands, a compulsory decree to abide by laws that are killing our elderly, those locked away in nursing homes. The economic disaster emanating from government reactions to a manipulated COVID-19 crisis lies in the short grass soon to pounce on the most vulnerable. As always, this engineered debacle will cause immense damage to our people, especially those real marginalised Irish, not the fake parasitic oppressed who thrive in the daily broadcasts of the treacherous media. The physical as well as mental well-being will soon be put to the test with the loss of jobs and a financial reset that may devalue the currency. Force vaccines and a host of other evils are on the immediate horizon to compete in the public amphitheatres, all to see and all to play 
and compete amongst each other to who to destroy the fabric of our nation and who at a higher rate and which one with greatest venom. On one day it will be LGBT indoctrination, the next feminism, the day after that Islamization and a brief respite from all the aforementioned maybe a bit of black supremacy for good measure. The constant barrage of insult and injury to our nation has had a crippling effect on the nation. But worse still is the reaction by nationalists to this perilous situation. Petty squabbling, self-appointed leadership, unfair calumnies of all types and natures have caused the only reliable defence to rupture from within distracting the entirety of the decent nationalist voice to pick sides during a time when there is no time. There is no law that says individual nationalists must agree with another on 100% of issues, nor is there a requirement that we all have to like particular individual nationalists. As nationalists, our only fidelity is to the cause we love so dearly, Ireland and her preservation. Things have been said by many that has caused wounds to not only appear but to fester, and time in between has added its own gangrenous dimension to what appears an impossible healing of divisions. However, to cite Nobel laureate and Irishman Seamus Heaney, even if the hopes you started out with are dashed, hope has to be maintained. I put out a call to all honest and good Irish men and Irish women, for the sake of all Ireland, a parent in need of our help. We must abandon the trappings of self-idolatry, our ego. We must don the armour of kinship and go forward, together, to fight as one for our beloved spouses of faith in Ireland. If only we could hold back the tide and drive it back into the sea. If only we could harness the courage and repeat the warrior's plea. If only we set adrift our egos that anchors us in chains. If only we'd summon ancestral spirit and all their glorious names. If only we could banish the quarrels that consumes us from within. If only we could swell our ranks to battle for kith and kin. If only we could collect all our passions and direct it against our foes. If only we could achieve it together and our patriot legions grow. If only we spied the wicked through the vision of a shared focused eye. If only we could truly realise it's ours, not mine, that really dies. If only we could stretch our hand across the dividing ditch. If only we could work as one and scratch the treacherous itch. If only we could march in strength against the new blackened tans. If only we could play our different pipes in a call to unite the clans.